0: When I started asking myself, you know, how do I want to look back on my life when I'm on my deathbed? Mm. And it became a a bit of a deeper conversation with myself that I didn't necessarily expect to have. And even now, like I get chills kind of thinking about kind of going back to that that place. what i really thought about doing was going to a place and interviewing people whose time has run out so going to a nursing home it's full of people who are at the end of their road and they know it and people go there to expire they go there to move on and so you know we tend to think about our lives you know on this you know continuum this line whereas most of, most of our lives is ahead of us. Uh, so we don't know what it's like to be at the end of that line.
1: Who's this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor? Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it? Well, come into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, and let's build y'all. experiment what is happening y'all i got this gentleman here with me this fine gentleman here sitting in front of me in the lab finally it's about damn time jason just to give you some context of who uh mr reese is i'm gonna give him the introduction that he deserves because uh we talk about experiment experimenting uh and a lot of the experiment is proofs of concepts and and the reason why i like i really appreciate having this guest here in the lab with us is because When you talk about someone who's analytical, who's going to use data, who's going to measure everything, calculated risk, uh, especially when we talk about this hospitality space and we talk about tools, we talk about the tools on your tool belt that I talk about. The reason why we have so many individuals step here into the lab is for that reason. So we can take these key proofs of concepts and apply them in our lab. And Jason, with his background, was able to do this and uh, grow his portfolio here in Nashville predominantly. Uh, and really uh, extract what I love the most is get more with less by using things as dynamic pricing tools, AI, you name it, to not only successfully operate his business with systems, but also do it in a way that doesn't take up all of his time. And I'm so excited because uh, I've myself have gotten consulting from uh, Jason, uh, who was kind enough to really get into the weeds of pricing strategies. Uh, I'm so ever grateful for that because I've been able to get into his mind and understand how his mind works and why he thinks certain ways. And so when I think of someone who is qualified to wear this lab coat and step into the lab with us to talk about the ins and outs of the short-term rental industry and how to think, not what to think, but how to think, um, I think of Jason Reese. So Jason, what's happening, brother? How you doing? Welcome to the lab. Hi.
0: It's a great intro, man. I I appreciate that. I don't know if I deserve it. but
1: Oh, come on, man. See, see, I got to do that because you're just going to pop on here and you're going to pretend to be this, you know, this Joe Joe Schmo next door. But I got to give you the the, the introduction that you deserve, man. I just want to send out my appreciation on the air. I was just telling experimentation. This is just, you know, an episode with Jason and I are just going to chat it up and you guys get to join and you're going to get you're going to see why I always love to geek out with Jason when it comes to this space. But let me, I always like to say you are a reflection or your business is a reflection of who you are. So just said, I want to give it an opportunity for you to share a little bit about your background. I know you come from a background where you had a, you had a job that you actually really liked and that you really uh, like stepped up and, and climbed that corporate ladder for lack of a better word and and made some gains. And then you got to a point where you're like, huh, I don't know, like I, I want a, a, a something different, more of a challenge. Is, is that right? Like what? Brought you to this side of the equation, or this side of the short-term mental world, because I know it's not your typical story that we often hear with others here in the lab.
0: Yeah, I think it starts out it starts out sounding like it's you know maybe the typical story, but um, not I'm not sure that it is, but I guess it's up to the the, the listener. Um, <clears throat> so for me, I started out in medical device uh, when I was 26. So that was after doing a little bit of work with my family's company in marketing, and so from 26 on, I started with uh, Johnson and Johnson in the medical device field of electrophysiology. So uh, there, we focused on the 3D mapping and treatment of abnormal heart rhythms. So I started as a clinical there, uh, stepped up to uh, a sales position eventually, and I was in sales for four years until I moved into a marketing role where I managed the 3D mapping software portfolio uh, for the US, and in that role was responsible for uh, some of our highest profile projects and launches uh, for that two year time period. And what I really loved about that role is that it, it appealed to so many sides of me, because I tend to think of myself as a Swiss army knife and I'm a little ADD uh, sometimes I feel like because I have interest in so many different things. And I think that that interest also fuels me to to, uh, be good at so many different things. Um, At least that fuels my pursuit of being good at those things. And I felt very, very fortunate to have the career that I had. Um, But over time, I think my enjoyment of the career, the reward that I got back from my effort. So I tend to call that return on effort. It dwindled over time. And once I got into that uh, corporate role, uh, it was an amazing role, amazing team, amazing company, and amazing innovations and, and all the things. But at the end of the day, the, the role existed on a hamster wheel and there's no way around it. And for me, I, I like to get, if I'm going to get to the top of, you know, a mountain, or if I'm going to, uh, you know, take on this difficult task. I like to be able to look back and, and see the, the progress that I made. But in that particular role, you just never really had that opportunity uh, because you have multiple uh, high stress, um, high visibility projects that are happening all concurrently. So when one finishes, you just you have to direct your attention to the next. And um, once the burnout started to set in, I really started to, to ask myself you know, what I wanted to do. Um, with my life. So you have those deeper conversations with yourself, you know, hopefully everybody does, yeah. you know, several times through their life, so that they can make sure that they're on the trajectory that they, uh, they really want to be. And I think for me, the, the tough part became when I started asking myself, you know, how do I want to look back on my life when I'm on my deathbed? Mm. And it became a bit of a deeper conversation with myself that I didn't necessarily expect to have. And even now, like I get she was kind of thinking about kind of going back to that, that place. Um, because what I really thought about doing was going to a place and interviewing people whose time has run out. So going to a nursing home, it's full of people who are at the end of their road, and they know it. And people go there to expire, they go there to move on. And so, you know, we tend to think about our lives, you know, on this, you know, continuum, this line, whereas most of most of our lives is ahead of us. Uh, So we don't know what it's like to be at the end of that line Mm. with all of our life behind us. Damn. So when you so when you think about that that perspective that change it sets in, and if you if you think about it deep enough, then there should be some sort of emotion that's evoked. Uh, you know whether or not I mean I don't know if you can see that, but yes, yes. Um, but it's it's pretty it's pretty deep I think. And so I considered going to. Uh, to have these conversations with people, because I wanted to to be thorough, and you know, I take my time—the time that I have here—I take it seriously, and I do want to spend it uh, well. And but the more I the more I thought about it, the the more I realized that I didn't need to go have those conversations because I knew what the answers were, hmm. yeah, at least as it related to to that particular decision. And so, you know, I've always had the entrepreneurial pull. I knew from long ago that, you know, at some point I'll probably start my own business. I just didn't know when it would be Um, from a kid from, you know, younger ages. I was, I was always selling things on eBay, buying and selling things, flipping things, trying to make money somehow, some way, and always kind of ideating on, you know, businesses to start or apps to start when that was the whole big thing. Mm. Um, And so that fire was always there. It was just, you know, a little guy for, for a while. But then once, once my burnout started to, to wear thin the barrier between my career and, you know, what was kind of knocking at the door. Um, once that burnout set in, I, I decided that, you know, listen, I'm at this crossroads, I'm at a fork in the road. And I don't see anything that really makes me happy going on this path right now. This is a great opportunity, a great time, a great realization for me. To pursue this this other path this thing that i've wanted to do for a while because i know that if i if i continue down the path i'm on and neglect this this piece that i know i want to do at some point uh and i make it to my deathbed having never done that then i will regret that
1: so so let me ask you jason because um you're bringing it to i'm literally thinking this as you're saying it is it was it more of and I wrote this down as you're speaking because because I, I thought it was profound. When you think about like being on your deathbed or being close to it, it's like: is it the who Jason was able to become, or is it the what Jason was able to do that you like resonate with?
0: Oh, when you say was, when
1: yeah. Mean- so if you're when you're looking back, because I'm thinking: is it is it. Are we focused on the who you were able to become or is it the what you were able to do? Because I'm trying to think that you're saying this and we don't know kind of like the the driving motive. So is it more like I'm not going down this path because it's not going to allow me to do what I want to do in my life? Or is it more it's not going to allow me to become the person that I want to be? And you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if there was. Do you see those as one or do you actually see lean on one towards the other? So who versus the what like when you think of like your life and like what drove you to like make a pivot was it the who was it the what or was it neither I'm just curious what was the driver
0: I think it um, I think it is both because like the what that drove me was what I wanted to do what I wanted to have done Mm. but I wanted to have done those things so that in the end the who that I am is a person that's happy and content.
1: Mm. Okay. So I like that. So so would you say then, because i and this is actually a really good conversation to have. Because there's two I think there's two sides, right? And I know my, my buddy Michael Shogun, who kind of brought brought me uh, into this uh short-term rental world, he said it if you remember we're in Nashville together, he says listen, like I didn't get into this place because I love it. I got into the space so I could get my freedom back and never have my kid ever be dependent on me taking time off again, right? So it's used as a vehicle. And because you're like a Swiss Army knife, like you said, I'm wondering if, and this is the beautiful thing, is, is do you see your short-term rental space as a vehicle to kind of untap into more of what Jason needs to do? Or do you see it more as a, no, this is like what I'm passionate about. And, and I want to highlight that because I think, there's this idea that, you know, goes around about like what you're passionate about. I feel like you're passionate about many things. That's why I'm asking that question. Like, do you see it as a vehicle or something you're you're actually originally passionate about? You just actually recently discovered that you're passionate about real estate.
0: No, I think that's an interesting uh, question. Something I've thought about, you know, quite a bit. Um, You know, it's Chase your dreams, follow your heart, you know, that kind of, you know, direction that's.
1: I think that's bullshit, by the way. I think you should change. <laughs> no, no, 100%. Like, I think chasing your dreams is 100%. But I think do what you love is bullshit. Because because I I understand that doing what you love means that, like, I love entrepreneurship. I love to work. I love problem solving. Therefore, it doesn't feel like work, right? It feels like a challenge. I'm an athlete. So I, was, I know you're an athlete, too. So it's like a sport. Right. It's like competitive. But the reason I don't believe in like do what you love just on that basis is because we live in a world of of supply and demand. And if I don't provide value to the world, I, again, there's two things there. Do what you find, either find a vehicle that will allow you to do what you love on your own time where it doesn't even matter. But if you're trying to like make a living and trying to get out, I don't, I think you should be very strategic Right, Just the way we're strategic in the properties that we pick is based on the demand that, that, that there is for that product to get in exchange for value or dollars. right? And so I think when I say that, it should be specific that I say more on the entrepreneurship slash marketplace, not like do what you love as in like passion. You should do what you're passionate about, but ideally you have a vehicle that allows you to do that. So it doesn't matter that you're not exchanging time for money. So went on a lot of a rant there, but I wanted to just clarify what i meant by that when i say that that's bullshit what are your thoughts jason <laughs> do you agree with me or am i tripping
0: no i i mean i think i think a lot of what you're saying is is accurate um but i think a lot of times too people don't see the forest with the trees you know they mm. well i don't necessarily like doing that so i don't want to do it but it's like okay well could it be a means to an end to allow you to get mm. to other things that exactly you enjoy for, and, and you can enjoy for 40 years instead of maybe not the next 10 years, but the 40 years after that, yeah. you could absolutely just revel in your life, absolutely kill it yeah. and meet all your, your goals and dreams and like have your family and be happy, you know, whatever it is. But I think a lot of people do uh, subscribe to too many quotes that they read online. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to, to live by those. Um, and it's also very easy to say no to things. So if, Hmm. you know, if you say no to something, uh, you know, you you say it's because it doesn't align with, you know, what you want to do with your life or, or, or with, you know, what you love to do. Um, yeah, that, that, that that may be true, but, uh, a lot of times I think it just has to do with uh, somebody's motivation and their, their level of vision. Uh, how far they can see down that down the path but um, you know to expand on that I think the the interesting thing for me because I have gone back and forth on this I I know I'm lucky enough to know what it's like to have a career that you do absolutely love Um, Mm -hmm. at least for the first half of mine like I absolutely adored it Uh, I mean I genuinely felt and reflected often that i was very lucky to have a, a job that was as rewarding as mine and it was rewarding in all aspects you know the the personal reward of helping people would be in the procedure room I'm co-piloting a procedure with a physician and you know what i'm uh, speaking to the physician what i'm advising what i'm seeing what i'm what i've learned in the past and uh, i'm now using to help me in this situation which led me to this conclusion, which now Mm. I've spoken to the physician and the physician after several hours of of struggle is now able to fix that patient. Like that's extremely rewarding, right? And if you do that a lot, then you're valuable to that physician. And ultimately, uh, you know, for our business that reflects well financially, right? So you get both sides of that coin. You're able to help somebody, you're able to help Mm -hmm. the physician, you're able to help the patient um, and then, you know, ultimately help your family if you uh, if you have one, and it was also very challenging. It was a super cerebral uh, line of work, and so a lot of reward all the way around. And you know, while I reflect on that, and I've I've often thought, if I leave that field, am I going to have the same? Am I going to be able to find that? In entrepreneur? Am I going to be able to find that in entrepreneurship or in Airbnb or real estate investing, whatever? Um, you know, the answer is, I don't know. You know, I'm still, I'm still figuring that out. I'm still building this, right? Um, like the first people I met <laughs> outside of doing this on my own was all of you guys back in March. I mean, you and I were connected prior, you know, through uh, Zoom calls, but, you know, for the past year and a half, two years. Um, But in terms of building my network and, like, building my team and, uh, you know, just your your tribe, like, I'm still on the front end of all that. And all of that is what makes you uh, really settle into a a line of work. Um, And so, you know, I don't know if I'm going to reach that level of, say, explicit passion for this work. But what I can tell you, going back to your point, is that I don't know that I need to because, like what, what this enables, what ha- what it has enabled for me is invaluable. Uh, I mean, my days I, I own completely. I don't have to do a lot of anything. Um, some days I don't do a lot of anything to be frank, but my business runs like a top. I have 370 something reviews with 4.97 stars. I spend about an hour a week managing my guests and managing that business. I spend the rest of the week building out other streams of income and looking for other properties and just doing other entrepreneurial things. Um, and I take a lot of time running errands and, <laughs> and I take my time at the grocery store and I get to pet my dog and I get to take him to the park. Uh, and if I had a family, then all that extra time would be immensely meaningful for me um so there's so many people that that have families that you know take out the grocery store put in you know spend time with the kids uh go on vacation family you know whatever it is but in the work i'm doing right now it's it's satisfying i like problem solving i like getting it right um but i i'm ultimately doing it for you know what's on the other side of that
1: Mm. yeah man i love that. that that was a good segue too so tell tell because you you took your time and and i'm curious when you had this the dream job career etc right were you investing in real estate at all or were you just renting or what were you doing at the time like when did you start to like get the first property and then the second and third how did how did that come about what was the timeline
0: well so i've moved four or five times so i didn't buy much real estate um because i knew i was going to be mobile i was pursuing you know i was climbing the ladder i was trying to stay stay flexible um and the promotions were happening every couple of years so it didn't make sense for me to buy a whole lot um i did buy one property to live in which i soon sold um <clears throat> and i bought an investment property in 2015 it was an empty lot in south carolina uh greenville south carolina where i'm from and that turned out to to be um an amazing play so i sold it for five times the value i paid for it and 1031 exchanged it into my third property here
1: so it Wait, went from t- a- t- t- time out time out what was the play like when you bought land because people don't buy land a lot what was the initial mm-hmm. thought like you're like this is going to be a great location therefore i'm gonna buy this plotter land or it was like i'm gonna buy this plot of land to build and then you said never mind i'm gonna sell it <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's kind of a, uh, I I like the story anyway. um, So I'm from Greenville, you know, I'm fortunate enough to grow up in a a household where um, you know, I was exposed to investments from early childhood. And so my dad has some commercial real estate and his office actually, uh, our family business was downtown. And this property was in that area and Greenville, South Carolina's real estate, if you don't know, has been growing faster than uh, almost Austin, Texas. So it was the fastest God. growing city in Texas. Yeah, for a long time. Damn. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking 20, 22% growth rates uh, annually, which... Excuse me. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, is, it is wild. And I think it has eclipsed Austin, though.
1: I'm going to uh, put that in. Uh, I'm going to put that in. Have you heard of... Uh data USA.io?
0: no but if it's for real estate then i would love to know about it oh,
1: it's it's for data and i know you're a data junkie but anyways i'm putting that as we speak greenville North Carolina, what it? It, what's that what's the
0: name data what
1: data usa.io can't help myself you guys i got the the ai sure. king of all And then you can. What's really cool is you can add a comparison, right? So let me just do like if I do Austin, uh, Texas, um, and then you can do like a side by side analysis of like the census info and all that, or I don't know wherever it's pulling it from. But anyway, so Greenville is popping, and you're like, all right, let me give me some of that. So absolutely (laughs) and. That, that's that's what you so, said in your head. Like you said, let me get me some of that.
0: I, I did. I probably <laughs> did. <laughs> no, right. Honestly, honestly, what I, I don't know if I can say the uh F bomb on here, but Yeah, of
1: course. Because uh, <laughs> they're no. asleep.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, this is how I talk to myself. Uh I have said several times, I've got to get off the fucking sideline. Mm. Greenville had been growing year over year over year over year. I mean, for for 10 years, it was on top 10 lists left and right. It wasn't like that when I grew up. So it took a while for me to, to really believe that it was a, an investable place and that it made sense. And I think that's a, the case for a lot of people that grew up in a town and they see it transform. They're like, they paid what for that place? I'm like, that's crazy. So you have to shake that for one. Um, so once I, I just saw the you know, after more than a decade of, of growth, I finally decided and I saw this, this park that was coming in um, that was coming in on the, the right side of this, this uh, residential area. And then on the left side of this residential area it was starting to get surrounded and they're from a Starbucks and over here a new development here. And so this whole neighborhood was starting to uh, to fill out and they're starting to tear houses down. And, and it became a, a pretty popular place where people you know creep through driving like you know looking around for lots all the time and so I decided to um, to just go knocking on some doors and uh, so I found a couple that owned the property next door and I offered them uh, forty thousand dollars cash uh, for that property uh, they ultimately for that for said, that lot for the lot it's like point one five acres yeah
1: But Um, hold on. Why not? Why not? And I want to see how you're thinking here. This is why I have you here. Why not? Hey, let me try to get in on a first time primary, first time home buyer, 3% down, 5%. Like, and so I can get a piece of this action. Like, why land automatically? Like, was there a seed planted there that land can go further? Like, that's not very traditional, is what I'm saying. So, where did that thought come from? Is that like. Because it wasn't
0: time for me to build, it wasn't good. Uh, a good time for me. I was super busy with my career. Uh, you know, I was working long hours, you know, traveling overnight oftentimes. So I couldn't manage a a build for one. And the, the new construction wasn't available in that area. Mm. Um, there are very few, very few homes. I tried that route, but it just never, never happened. And what was and, the exit
1: strategy when you bought? Was it, uh, let me just hold on to it and see what happens. I, I'm I know you're getting to it, but I can't help myself.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the exit strategy, the, the plan was to hold the property until I got to a point where I could rest and actually take on uh, an interstate build, so a cross-country build, um, because ultimately I was going to have to manage that from you know half a country away. And so I wanted to uh, build a home there, rent it out, uh, long-term rent. Um, this was before I... Was on the Airbnb trail, and then ultimately sell in five or ten years and, and make uh, half a million dollars. That was mm-hmm. kind of the goal. And so, because I had that that mindset and that perspective going into that uh, that deal, you know, as I got letters from people and phone calls from people asking me to buy the property, you know, I get you know one a month almost. It seemed like you know very popular area. And as I got those letters, I'd always turn them down. Of course, I'm in a position of power. Uh, I don't have a need to sell it. I'm not motivated by making $50,000 uh, if I were to sell it for 90 or 100. Um, you know at that point, my career was going really well. I was making a lot of money, but also I was investing and you know, anybody knows those years, then almost every investment was doing really well back then. So I had no incentive to, to sell anything. Um, on occasion I would poke around and see, okay, well, what would you offer? The, the, the offers were coming in at, you know, I don't know, 60, $70,000. And this is like, you know, a few years, even after with a lot of growth around the area, and I was not entertained by that whatsoever. So eventually <laughs> five years go by, or I guess, no, it was eight years eight years go by. And um, a guy reaches me on Instagram, which was the first time I'd had somebody find me on Instagram. And somehow he did that. I don't know how he did that because he didn't text me, which he could find my my information. And it was an older guy and older guy who didn't have any posts. He had no activity on Instagram. And so for some reason that was, that, that was his default, uh, you know, communication strategy somehow. I don't, you know, still puzzled by that but regardless we started talking and the the conversation led to you know just he kept saying just throw a number out i was like i I don't want to sound you know i don't want to sound greedy um i'm honestly my plan is to to do this what i just told
1: you and so by the way that's a very on-brand jason response (laughs) i don't want to sound greedy it's business jason drop that number, bro. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to think that, um, it's hard to think that I handled it the wrong way uh, after I got the price that I got, but it's, uh, <laughs> it came through, he came through and so I paid 40,000 for the place. I said, uh, all right. Um, I mean, if I were to be motivated to sell it this, at this point, this is last year. I'm in the Airbnb game. I'm like, okay, I like can 1031. I've I've learned all this about real estate, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I'm I'm now I'm like chest deep, neck deep in um, real estate. Drinking the
1: Kool Aid, brother. You're drinking yeah, the Kool Aid.
0: Yeah, I, I've learned. I watch more tax strategy videos on YouTube than probably any CPA in America. So at this point, like, I know some tax strategy too, and. So I'm looking at uh, what I can do with the the cash now that I'm in Airbnb. I'm like, I I mean, I'm not generating any money from this place whatsoever. It's just sitting there. I'm paying taxes on it every year. And if I 1031 it, then I can use that cash to put a big down payment on another place that's going to, you know, generate 80, 100 grand a year. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'll actually entertain selling. It kind of makes sense. And so I told him that I would take 225 for the property. And this is after everybody else is only <laughs> oh, hold on, 70, I, I,
1: 80%. You, you name, I was waiting for him. Like Jason, we're playing games with us 225.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. All right. Yeah, he said, this hey, this he is, he is said all through hey. the DMs
0: um i think no i think we moved over a text message
1: Oh, okay grown man shit (laughs) we we elevated from i was gonna say your dm game is strong dang so (laughs) (laughs) you know that's crazy i had no idea This uh, this is why i love doing this in real in uh live um wow so did he bite so he
0: said okay let me talk to my wife and then within like 30 seconds, he responded and said, okay, we'll take it. And I said, boom, like, that's amazing. Because the, the comps around there were not going for, for 250 or 225. That but was going to be my highest, next
1: question. What was, what the, was highest comp,
0: the highest comp in the area was about 130.
1: Oh my God. You're a freaking ninja, bro. Your ninja status just went up. <laughs> I had no idea. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, so you 10:31 that bad boy.
0: I 10:31 it bought a property that um, should gross uh, close to 90 this year.
1: So wow! Wait, time out. Did my man just really just was that a cash offer? Because mm-hmm. you can't get financing on that. Golly, they really got it like that out there. Huh? Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This guy put a uh, mill on
1: some land. What is he building? He
0: has another property. He he bought. Or he sold his home, which was a, uh, it's like a, what do you call it? It's like an Italian kind of villa style home, uh, mm-hmm. which was worth several million dollars. He sold that and they were looking to build a Charlestonian style house in this neighborhood. Um, you know, the unfortunate thing is, which I don't know, I'm assuming here, but when I go back home, I go drive by and I see if it's sold or see if he's built anything, but, Last time I went by there, it was for sale again, and it's still been for sale. He's trying to get rid of it now, and is, it's not—it's not going not to go.
1: What? How is he having trouble selling that?
0: Because he paid too much for it. <clears throat> so that's the unfortunate side of it, but.
1: Well, not for Jason. Jason is cheesing. That's why you got a smile on your face all the time. <laughs> Experimentation. I have a special gift for you. If you're in the Airbnb space, or if you're thinking of getting into the Airbnb space, you're an operator with multiple units, your first unit, your hundredth unit, just about to get into Airbnb, you are going to want to get this blueprint that I put together for you. Now, I want to give context of how this was put together, because sometimes people assemble these uh, ideas and top 10 lists, top five, top this, and it doesn't have any true valued vetted content. What I've done is I've surrounded myself by the best top short-term rental Airbnb operators in the world. I co-authored a best-selling book with them called Hospitable Host. I've had them on my platform and interviewed them to get the questions that you guys wanna learn the most from into the episode the show the real estate experiment as you know and i've also paid tens and thousands of dollars to be sitting in the room to get these notable insights that we implement ourselves as short term rental operators i'm a short term rental specialist i'm licensed to do it in the respective markets you know we built ours in georgia we have a management company ourselves we're airbnb super hosts so we not only talk the talk but we walk the walk but we still consistently surround ourselves with the best in the space to get us further ahead. And this is what we've put together an Airbnb Millionaire Blueprint, where you don't just hear it from me, you hear it and it's an aggregate list. It's 21 pillars from short-term rental operators worldwide who've implemented this and it's worked. And this is the exact same way we've been able to get results and get the same results from implementing these insights that I've pulled from multiple faces, right? Some people have tons of arbitrage units, like TJ Tajani, some like Bill Faith have just a few, some like Michael Shogun has boutique hotels, they've skilled, and whether you have one unit, 10 units, or 100 unit or about to get into your first unit, you're going to want to have this blueprint that you can utilize universally wherever you are in the world want to get this i put together we took a lot of time to put this together this year after all that we've been implementing in our lab for you to have a guide that you can leverage right that you can use and, and, and implement we've also given and tagged everybody that we've featured in and giving them credit. So you know where the source is coming from and you can check out their Instagram. You can see that there are vetted individuals that we not only work with and trust, but learn from because sometimes you get a lot of different information and I want to make sure I give that credit where you can find out that person. And we've also, if they've been on our show, we've also linked the episode within this free blueprint. It's the Airbnb millionaire blueprint. want to make sure you go to Experiment realestate.com. Once you get there, you'll see the pop-up that says, I have something for you. Just scroll down, enter your name, enter your email, and we'll get it right sent to you. you don't want to sleep on this. We've been putting these together for quite some time, and I know that it will serve you regardless of where you are in your journey. To so you have an Airbnb millionaire blueprint that has been collectively vetted and has been sourced from operators who are operating at a high scale experimentation you're welcome make sure to go to experimentrealestate.com and get your airbnb millionaire blueprint so that you can also scale to the level of experiments that these practitioners like ourselves have done just for you experimentation we'll see you on the other side no that's awesome man good for you for uh bird right in the hand i mean um, that's amazing. So 1031 exchange. And then is, did it, did I see that one when I was visiting you? The, this, this.
0: Yes, you did. I think it was the first one that we went in, uh, that had, uh, the Dolly, uh, Dolly Pardon, um, mural up top it's three story at yeah. uh, the rooftop, um, yeah. the rooftop yeah, yeah, deck yeah. with a view.
1: Yeah. That's a nice property, man. Good yeah. for you. So, yeah. so taking it, so you, this goes back to the land play was when you, um, that land play you held on to, and then, it, and this is why I love real estate, and then it paid dividends back when you were already, this was your third property that it paid for. The first, talk about the first STR uh, deal that you had, uh, which would be considered your second real estate deal ever. What made you do that? And at that point, were you done the job, or no? I think you had you were kind of like in your final year or something like that. Like, what what was the timing with that?
0: <laughs> it's actually funny. It's kind of uh, you know going back to this time gets me around a lot of other things that were happening. That I'll try to pull in without uh, taking too long. But
1: take your time, brother.
0: In October of 2020, I bought my first property, and so that was me coming actually off the couch during COVID. Um, I set out in 2019. Yeah, let me rewind. In 2019, I left my career with Johnson & Johnson, uh, or at least I set out to. They threw a non I sorry. Um, in 2019, I left my career with Johnson & Johnson. That was the goal. They threw a uh, leave of absence my way. said, take three, six months. And and figure it out. And I didn't really want to take that, but I did. And I didn't want to take it because I didn't want to know that I had a fallback plan. And I wanted to I wanted to burn the ships. Because mm. when you burn the ships, then you're gonna make it work, right? There's no you're not getting back home, bolts are gone, you're on the island, you gotta <laughs> you gotta make it work. Yeah. So 2019. I went to Europe anyways, came back, um, decided to to work with my old company for a little while um, in a kind of a limited role while I figured out what my next steps were. And I didn't know at the time that I was going to do Airbnb. I was actually looking at drop shipping. Fast forward.
1: By the way, I've been there, done that. <laughs> did you know that?
0: No, I did not know that.
1: Oh, dude, we ran a real serious operation. Like- Really? Was, yeah. I oh, can't believe you didn't know that um no. well so, yeah so just uh, as a FYI for you guys for Experiment Nation if you don't know me and the twins you guys probably hear me talk about the two twins that actually the ones I we just closed on together in this last year they were my roommates and they've had a successful exit very young and then we built an e-commerce store we had like six different SKUs. We we're in- importing um well we were drop shipping but we had also like yeah yeah we had a lot of different SKUs and we were, we we're going like uh um, yeah 100k months it was pretty a large operation uh but then what we learned uh we had like a facebook ad rep because we were spending like 60k a month on facebook ads it was nuts but then we realized real quick like that 100k that i said minus the 60k minus the cost of goods sold minus dude we were profiting like like ten thousand, like so, like, wow. okay, so that's how business works. Like, you got to know your, your cost of goods sold, your expenses. So, there's a lot of lessons learned there. But, but yeah, we did it at scale for like a long, um, a good amount of time. Um, so that's funny that you're gonna, I'm not surprised your systems that it scales. But yeah, you gotta. One thing I learned is there's a very big difference between gross revenue and profit, big time. Yeah, and
0: yeah. a lot gotta of gotta know your numbers. A lot of people quote gross revenue all the time.
1: Um, exactly a lot of people will sell you on that but one thing we learned too in none of these coaches because we had coaches we're talking about the fulfillment on the back end dude this is shit show if you don't have systems in place in vas which we had to build that's how i got a lot of my experience working with vas It's like it's one thing to get all these sales on the front end but then your fulfillment what is your customer service looks like you have zoho on the back end like when people like where's my stuff uh you just ordered it it's coming in with like It gets it gets pretty bad if you don't have systems in place. So that's uh Mm -hmm. that's but you would have crushed that too, Jason. I know that. Uh so you looked at job shifting. So what made you stop at like the whole Airbnb thing? Because I know you're very analytical too. So you, you know what was it that like what was the draw for those who are listening who are like, oh like people are talking about this Airbnb thing? Like, what was the draw for you?
0: So I think for me, going back to the you know. Probably two or three questions ago, we we're talking about like pursuing your passion and you know, uh, yeah. enjoying what you do. Um, for me, coming from a place where I absolutely adored my career and the work that I was doing, I was concerned about not being fulfilled from that standpoint, and so you know, I spent a lot of time uh, thinking about you know, what am I actually gonna get enjoyment from doing, and it doesn't necessarily have to be as as profound as in you know, my medical, uh, device career, but, you know, I'd like to, i like to enjoy it. And ultimately for me, the drop shipping model, you know, I couldn't find a product that I really identified with that I wanted to, to sell that I felt like would be a great representation of me that I would enjoy getting behind and therefore represent myself. Well, if I wasn't going to be motivated to do it, if I didn't, if I only got money from it, then it wasn't, uh, it wasn't enough for me. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, I was in a position again, and there's kind of a theme of being in a position of power. I think, um, when you're in a position where you don't need something then you Mm. can do what's
1: right for you. Mm. And so say it again for the people in the back, my goodness, when you're in a position, yeah. Wow.
0: That, and when you're, that's, you're, when you're in a position of power, not in a position of need, then you can do what's right for you. And you can do what's right for the other person on the other side of that. Um, and I took that into my sales career as well. Um, I know I'm getting sidetracked. But I do think it's important that you know, to tie this this point up is that I would never trust a salesperson that doesn't know how to manage money. Because their motivations are just staying afloat, if if they're in debt because they've risen their their uh, you know, standard of living to a point where they have to make this sale, then do you think that their motivations are whole?
1: No, no, no. And it's such a good segue, uh, not segue but I say that all the time with realtors, right? You don't want a starving realtor to sell your deal. All right. And and I and I know this because I'm licensed, but I don't make a living off being licensed. And so I can kind of give that very like, okay, like I wouldn't do this deal. Right. But if you have someone who's hungry for their commission and this is not to put realtors on blast because I'm licensed, I'm a realtor. But just be mindful of that. Just like you said, like I like working with people who don't need my money. Right. Because it's kind of like. I know that there's a little bit of trouble, but if you're really hungry and you'll sell me anything, then I think that's like any any industry. I think you should look at that. And to your point, what you said, the managing of the money, like you know, my CPA owns real estate and owned real estate and own a lot of it. And so, you know, like I, I like to learn from people who have that they don't need to sell you something or consulting you, they've already made their money. Like my coaches that I pay. They don't need the money. They they get fulfilled from coaching and therefore have a high ticket price. But I could fuck off and they'd be okay, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like they would really be okay. They've made their money. So, anyways, just a good just a good thing to plant. So I love that you said that, and it go, goes back to your, I think sorry, I interrupted you there, but I just I had to chime in because I can, I resonated with it. So going back to the point is you chose then Airbnb because?
0: I chose Airbnb because it was an intersection of a lot of my interests and something I thought that, you know, I was well-suited to do. So for a long time, I wanted to do more real estate, but because I was moving around a lot, uh, I didn't feel like it was uh, the best thing for me to do considering that. And for a while I spent time in Arkansas and frankly, I just didn't want to buy a lot of real estate in Arkansas. Um, but with that, once I decided the Airbnb was going to be the horse to take me into the, in the next chapter, the vehicle. Um, that's when I really started to, to dive in. I'd been doing a lot of research in 2019 when I went to Europe for three months, you know, I created a, a, a note on my phone of unique, uh, solutions to to space problems that i saw in all the airbnbs that i stayed in you know so i knew that it was a possibility for me to go down that route um i just didn't know for sure what i was going to do but just in case i was like that's interesting wow it's really cool how they solved that problem cool how they did that wow this is a really small space and was a single car garage they turned into a, a full living room with a bathroom and a shower uh, and a bed and a kitchen counter sink. stuff. So I'm like, how did they do that? Um, I would have looked at that space and said, that's entirely, it, it was literally a storage unit, basically. And I stayed in that for like four days. Um, so you know, while I was in Europe, <clears throat> you know, I I began indexing some things that I might need if I decided to, to pursue this route. And when I decided not to do drop shipping, because I was like, I just don't feel like it's going to be rewarding enough for me. Airbnb seemed to be the, the space for me because ultimately at the end of the day, I really like working with people and I like serving people. Mm. And I've done that really my entire career. I started in restaurants when I was 14 uh, at Chick-fil-A, uh, believe it or not. Uh, I did yes. wear the cow suit. Yes, I know you're <laughs> <No curious>. way. <laughs> awesome. I did dance on the side <laughs> of the road wearing a, a spotted cow suit. <laughs> And I sold Chick Fil A sandwiches at the drive-through for two dollars and fifty-one cents a piece. Um, so, from that restaurant to the next restaurant to the next restaurant, there was eight years of hospitality um, work, and then I minored in hotel, restaurant, tourism management. Well, hold so, on, hold on.
1: What? I didn't know that. What yeah. did you? What did you do? You, you.
0: I minored. You minored yeah, I major, I double majored in management and marketing, and then I minored in hotel, restaurant, tourism management.
1: Dude, you honed yourself for this. You didn't even know it. <laughs> Come on, bro, that's crazy. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, I don't even think I was cognizant of that when I decided to to go this route. But um, that's kind of just dope. working with people, and I think pleasing people, and you know, developing relationships with uh, with new people has always been something that's appealed to me. And uh, then you take the technology piece that Airbnb brings to it, um, along with the design and uh, architecture piece that comes with the actual real estate. Then you have the investing side of it that comes with real estate. Then you have the tax strategies that, uh, that come with real estate, like all that being strategic. I mean, design is strategic, tax strategy obviously is strategic um using technology is creative solves problems there's so many things there that that were just wrapped up in this industry that i felt like i was going to enjoy and and i have enjoyed it i absolutely have it hasn't been like when i was in my uh medical in the call it the honeymoon phase of my medical device career but you know that was you know kind of like your first love is like is it ever really going to be the same you know
1: oh come Uh, on jason don't do that
0: (laughs) don't be that guy I I just mean that from a naive
1: standpoint. (laughs) I know. Come on. Give the people some hope out here, man. That's all we got. (laughs) Um, Now my
0: expectations of love are a lot more realistic and and they're still great. (laughs) (laughs) Stop.
1: Jason, you're (laughs) hilarious. Wait, so tell me, speaking of like first loves and all that and, and, and finding the right property, you know, do you do you use any emotions or you're very like, what is your criteria or like, you know, that you would want to share with us that that makes you um, identify what a winner is? And again, on a super high level. I know there's a lot of things you look at. You're a data guy, but like, what do you think are some of those uh, you don't love at first sight kind of properties and then with the data to back it up?
0: So important question. I think it ties into ultimately your last question, which is like how I got started, how I chose my first property. Mm -hmm. Um, So the strategy that I ultimately came up with was, first off, I didn't want to compete with hotels. That made me nervous. Um, And I'm a traditionally a highly calculated person. I want certainty and all these things. I had to overcome a lot of that because you don't get a lot of certainty when you go into something new. Um, You sure as hell don't get a sure thing. Uh, or at least you never really know. you never truly know. Yeah. and so the strategy that i I built out for myself was that I wanted a unique property that was at least two bedrooms, and unique being something that hotels could not easily replicate. so mm-hmm. it had something inherent about it that was unique. And you know now you see on Airbnb the categories at the top. Uh, they were released. I think it was last summer. Um, all those are essentially ways to categorize unique properties. Um, <clears throat> you know, they have castles, they have uh, UFOs, they have boats and ski and ski whatever. So the first property I walked, as soon as I walked into it, I knew it, and it was a building that was built in 1865, and that's the year the Civil War ended. The year that slavery was abolished, like the building has been through some shit, right? It's seen a lot, seen a lot. And now it's recently renovated and people can live in it. They can stay in it for a weekend. You can live in it if you want. It's a really cool space. Exposed brick, the unit that I looked at, arched windows, uh, exposed brick, uh, 15 foot ceilings, vaulted ceilings with the original beams, uh, stretching from side to side. I mean, massive rusted hardware. You're showering mm-hmm. under 15 foot. Ceiling. I mean, it's a really cool place, and it's kind of a, a mashup of you know the new and old because of the renovation. You got some sheetrock now and some painted services and things that uh, just kind of really bring it into the modern era. And so when I walked in, I absolutely loved it. Um, I put an offer in. Got the. Uh, I got the offer accepted. It was during COVID still. So that was me buying while other people are fearful, right. Um, And this, unfortunately, this uh, previous owner, this was their first Airbnb property, they bought it right before the pandemic hit. And so they kind of got smacked in the mouth. And so they had, they were out of state investors. And so they were like, we just want to get rid of it. And Mm. So I got the property, uh, at $550 a square foot, which I didn't even realize that at the time. And I I say that being a calculated person, I was surprised that I didn't know that I paid 550 a foot. I didn't even do the math. And that's because it doesn't really matter.
1: What's for context. Is that on the high or low side for, is this Nashville?
0: Yes. That's good question. For Nashville on the high side would have been like $300 a foot. Oh, shit. For most real estate at that time. And so when I realized after the fact that I paid $550 a foot, I was like, damn, that's high. I'm glad I didn't know that because I, probably, I might not have bought the place. And the reason I didn't know that was because I wasn't solving for price per foot, it's not a typical real mm. estate play. I was solving for revenue versus sale price. Mm. And so I looked at sale price with the revenue that it promised, uh, which at that time was about 90,000 is what I was expecting. And I thought the numbers worked for me. And so I was like, okay, I can net this much after my costs after, after you run the numbers, right. You, you don't ever buy anything without running the numbers. Uh, I did not realize that so many people uh, don't run the numbers and don't inform, make informed decisions. I didn't realize that until the conference when uh, like, nobody raised their hand when they said, when they asked if you use a calculator to...
1: Yeah, you know, so Mike said that when he... Uh, I was blown away because I went to his mastermind in our, Orlando or whatever it was, and he's like, I can't tell you how often, like, I find out people are not running the numbers. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, for me, that's like, that's like, I don't know what that's like. It just seems a little reckless. <laughs> I just, I don't know what to say. So it didn't occur to me that that was a thing. Like, what are people just buying off? Like the, like the gut feeling that they have? Like, I don't understand.
0: Exactly. We, we don't understand, but that's also why we survive in this space, you know, cause it's, that's so foreign to us. Um, but that said, you know, I realized I paid 550 a foot. Right now there's a comp in that building for $1100 a foot. That's a double in 2 years. Damn. And my down payment on that was $61,500. So the equity that I have is almost 10x from that 2 years ago.
1: That's wild, man.
0: And so that was just executing on a plan that I felt uncomfortable with. I knew logically it was sound. I knew that this was a place that hotels aren't going to compete with. I knew that it was a bedroom count that made a lot of sense here in Nashville. Three beds, which can sleep 10 people here. And uh, I knew that it was a cool space and I felt like it would do well on Airbnb. And, but I did not expect the equity to do what it's done. And I wouldn't have done any of that had I not gotten outside my comfort zone and just taken a swing, you know? Mm. And so that was the first place. And uh, I actually did it with a property manager who was already there. So I inherited him and ultimately, you know, I badgered him enough with questions because I'm, you know analytical (laughs) Not as analytical but i wanted i i quit my career to do this right and so i wanted to have my hands on the system i wanted hands on the controls right Mm. and ultimately i took over after a few
1: months and (laughs) And then you you drove him you drove him out with all your questions (laughs) you know what dude you can just have this leave me alone um You're not saying anything, so that's what makes it the funniest. <laughs> you're like, Yep, yeah, that's what happened.
0: Oh, my I God. mean, you know, in a lot of ways, and he he was he handled it so well. I still keep up with him today. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, but you know, also did 114,000 on that place last year versus the 90 that I was expecting.
1: Hmm. That's what he did, you're saying?
0: That's what I did.
1: Oh, that's what. Okay, that's what you did instead of projecting yeah. ninety. That's amazing, yeah. Yeah. dude. Good shit. And and now, um, so what's the what's the when you think of like you know what what are you at? Was it five properties or four? Um,
0: I have four that I own, one that I manage, and uh, my house that I am adding to Airbnb uh, within the next few
1: weeks. That's awesome. What's the plan? Yeah, what's the play for you? And like, let me ask you, because because when I first got into this space, I was like, you know, listening to bigger podcasts. I did a lot of my research and as well, and I was ready to take action. Um, you know, you know, I heard a lot about multifamily syndication and all that, right? Now, I took the short-term rental pill, and then I never looked back. Um, so curious to how how you see these asset classes. Do you feel that this is your season? And when I say your season, I mean the season of life, where I'm going to be an STR investor, and then potentially transition into another asset class. Or do you see more like, nope, this is what I know, this is what I love. I'm going to double down on this and continue to get more. What's the vision?
0: No, I think my season. I'll say season four. You know, strictly an STR host is. Um, you know, it may come to a close as just being an STR host uh, here in the next year, um, because I think that that's just part of the the bigger uh, chapter of me being an entrepreneur, and I think the the short-term rental is is one vehicle to uh, to allow me to live that that life, right? Um, so from here you know I'm looking at you know, other you know commercial opportunities maybe even a hybrid uh, commercial opportunity doing a restaurant with uh, an Airbnb uh, say up top or attached nice. um, or multiple uh, Airbnbs as part of the restaurant um, <clears throat> you know individual units of course but um, you know, there's just a variety of things that you know, I have interest in and, and I'm open to, uh, to exploring, you know, a lot of them. And I think one of the things I've also learned is that, you know, for me to, to just say that short-term rentals is, is the way for, for me to go to achieve my, you know, entrepreneurial life and my freedom and whatever else, um, I think is, is kind of an arrogant way for me to look at it. Um, because me saying that that's that's the way like how do I know that that's that's the way it, it is a way for sure and it mm-hmm. has been and it will be but does that mean that it's the only way for me like, I, you know I don't know what I don't know uh, mm-hmm. that that's much or that that's what I've learned so much in the past call it 10 years even through my career I never wanted to do any of the things I did in my career I never planned to do those things. Actually, a lot of times I didn't, I said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything clinical. I didn't want to be uh, a salesperson and I didn't want to be in a corporate office. I did all those things and I loved every one of
1: them until I got what right out, Right. What is that? What is that? What's the key takeaway there? Would you say for, for us?
0: The key takeaway is that you don't know as much as you think, you know, like <laughs> I mean, and and that's, that's me, that's being direct. I'm saying it that way because that's how I, that's how I talk to myself. And, you know, it, it cuts through the bullshit, right? I'm not, you know, giving myself a pat on the back all the time and just saying, oh, no, it's okay. You know, you didn't really mean it or know any better. How could you know? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I don't know as much as I think I know. And that, that's that is the case. That's still the case. And that's that's what keeps me driving to learn more. Because I wanna I wanna get to a point where I can, you know, think like that, where I'm uh, you know, where I'm as good as maybe I think I am. And uh, so anyways, I think that at the end of the day, you know, doing things and putting yourself in that position, that perspective, like on the ground. Is the number one way to learn whether or not you're gonna like something, uh, whether or not you're uh, good at it right out of the gate, or whether or not you got things to learn. And that's okay. But the reality is, is that you need to put yourself in that position. If it's something you think you might like to do, don't feel so confident that you're gonna know that you won't enjoy it. Uh, give yourself a, some room because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all human and we don't know as much as we think we know. Uh you're not gonna be able to foresee everything. And if if I would have thought that, then I would have never had my career and I would likely would not be in the position that I am right now because of it.
1: Mm. I love that because it I think what you're indirectly saying is right here, experiment, fail, learn, repeat. That's the mantra here in yeah. the lab. So yeah, love how you put a bow on that. But you're also saying like I always say it's like when you do an experiment to to collect the data and then make more decisions based on that. I think what, I, what I'm hearing you say too, is don't just, you know, just dive in, collect the data, make the next best decision to, with the information that you have. Right. Um, you know, at least that's how I'm able to kind of digest how you were supposed to summarize and how I, I connect with it as well. Um, now it's interesting that you said within the next year or so and, you know, again, whether that's true or not, or whether that's later on, you kind of have this. You're very aware, and I think we all should all be aware that, not to just put ourselves in, a, like this is the only thing that I do, and therefore I do not see other opportunities. This is, you know, blind spots. Like I'm a short-term rental investor. Like, no, you know, you're an investor, right, or you're a problem solver, right? That's how I look at it, anyways, and I would encourage everybody else to do that. What, uh, with that said, what, what excites you? going into whether it's real estate or not what is currently exciting you right now uh in the marketplace actually maybe I'll do this I'll say like we'll put a real estate bucket what excites you and then outside of real estate and I have an idea or two of what that might be uh because I do call you the AI king but what what excites you that's that you see is an opportunity in in the real estate uh space if it's not SDR Some of the things
0: you've talked about with insurance is interesting. Hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm at the point where I'm excited about it yet, because that means that if I'm excited about it, I'm probably going to pursue it. (laughs) I'm (laughs) going to I'm going to talk to you more about that uh, because I do think that's interesting. And I I think that this space is evolving like everything else. It's it's kind of a living, breathing uh, entity that evolves. It's fluid. It changes over time. It adapts with the needs of the market. and so the insurance piece should, could be very well uh, uh, another great play. And, and I mean, from the sounds of it, I mean, it sounds like you're you're doing a great job with it.
1: We're making um, it rain, bro. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I don't know if I'm not – maybe if this is a secret, then, you know, no. cut it out.
1: <laughs> no. Of course, there's no secrets out here. It's execution. The, the – the, 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 proofs and formulas are already out there you just got to execute there's no secrets yeah. but uh no no it's and i was just joking because i like having fun with you uh you know it's good energy but no we're we're we're, we're i think we're on to something and and we're we're still learning every day as well Um, uh, but how about this i know you and i were geeking out about like potentially boutique hotels Do you still see that as a on the horizon by the way between now and then i've learned a lot about a lot. I should say that lightly. I've learned a lot of things that I didn't know. (laughs) Put it this way around boutique hotels. Is that something that's still on the horizon for you or or is that Yeah, there's
0: actually there's one um, down the street from me now that is for sale, but it's it's not in a great area, but it's not far from being in a great area. And Mm -hmm. I think in time it will be a solid spot. And I frankly, I think it will cash flow probably once it gets, you know, and uh once time catches up to it, I think it'll be eight hundred thousand a year, probably from Oof. a twelve unit, uh eight hundred to a million a year in, in revenue.
1: Damn. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a value at play there, right? Like it's you gotta Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the sweet spot we were talking about at the conference, right? Uh I'm all in for I'm a long-term investor, so I don't, I don't want to push it too much when it comes to buying, in like, a C-Class or something. But, you know, if you can kind of, you know, run the numbers, run the play, I, I that excites me. I want to do that too. I want to at least get in the hotelier uh, yeah. kind of bucket oh, as well.
0: Let me uh, – I'll, I'll share with you something that's kind of hot off the press. Um, and it's really, you know, caught my press which is very unofficial. So it's not like the the New York Times or a a big paper printed it or anything. But (laughs) (laughs) I will say that this seems to be an interesting idea that me and a buddy hatched today. um, Using swimming pools. Mm -hmm. So Swimply, the app, allows you to rent people's swimming pools. Stop right. it. So, there's an
1: app called Swimply.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: right. What a time to be alive. But okay.
0: There's a home and a swimming pool attached to the home, right? Mm-hmm. That's the traditional model. There's a guy last year I, I remember featured for this app. It was uh, some news article broke on it, and somebody pretty much blew their mind that this guy made over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Renting out his swimming pool. So, the
1: idea. (laughs) This is wild. This is news. I didn't even know this was a thing, by the way. So, this is double news to me.
0: So, the idea is to instead of have a home with a swimming pool, Mm -hmm. just buy some land and build a swimming pool. Mm. Like a nice swimming pool, you know, maybe with an outdoor bar. Uh, with an outdoor kitchen. Um, like a tiki you know. bar or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so put $150,000 into the swimming pool uh, and maybe 50 grand into the lot and you got $200,000 into something that may very well produce 80,
1: 120 a year. Mm.
0: And the backup plan to this is that if the numbers don't work ultimately, if it doesn't perform, worst case scenario, then you've bought enough land to now build the house in front of the
1: hole. <laughs> Dude, you're a genius. <laughs> I love the backup exit strategy. That's crazy. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, that is hilarious. I feel like you could use that to fund the house. Right? <laughs> you literally, it, right. That's that's a conversation I had today with a friend of
0: mine down the street and uh, because they're looking at uh, buying land. I'm like, you could build the build the pool first, have the property generating income during construction.
1: That's crazy. And you know, that's, you know, what we were talking about recently, like even car washes and stuff like that. They look at MRR companies are with monthly recurring revenue. If you do a membership model, you're evaluated. Hire, right so we have a list of like mm. 100 people in yep. the neighborhood paying 20 bucks a month 100 100 damn bro why is jason always cooking something this man does not stop so now down for the rest of us man so let, let's real quick because i know we chopped it up here for we to go over time it's always a good time chatting with you man what's the uh tell me about your ai slash uh interests and in, in you know, you have a management, marketing, hotelier background, and yet, and obviously medical devices. Where does the what does the tech come in? I feel like you you just have a knack. Do you just have a knack for tech, or is that like something you've always kind of like, you know, dabbled in on on your own personal time?
0: Yeah, so it it started out uh, on my own personal time for sure, um, but eventually in my career, it worked its way into. Uh, to each one of those roles. So when I was a clinical running the mapping system, doing the procedures, yeah, I was looking for ways to improve the software, um, you know, come up with new algorithms, new functionality for the, the, the mapping system. And uh, eventually I, I put together a, a document uh, with some illustrations for some user interface upgrades and some uh, actually some rather um, functional algorithms that uh, the team could build uh, that would, create a whole host of new functionalities that will be extremely clinically valuable. That got me exposed to the R&D side of the business. And so I did do some work with those teams, you know, throughout my career. But um, that said, you know, that's where a lot of my brain power goes when I'm thinking, uh, or when I have some downtime is like, I'm trying to create something trying to creatively solve some kind of problem. And um oddly enough you know when uh, chat gpt disrupted the whole uh you know technology industry uh, and really the whole world um you know, i was looking to uh, create uh ai chatbot uh one that actually works like not a chatbot that we see today on the websites that is just horrible and frustrating you know, those are like keyword uh activated uh, but rather you know something that mimics the abilities of a large language model, like chat GPT. And I felt like this is the time when we could really use that as hosts. And um, so I set off down that path, and I ended up getting an ad for a company called guest guru. And guest guru is very early stage, I responded to the ad, I inevitably uh, was whitelisted on their, their waiting list. Um, I got uh, set up on the onboarding call, and I now have uh, all five of my properties running on Guest Guru, which now is my—I uh, think—is my favorite, most exciting new software in the short-term rental industry for sure. And I've been using it for two or three months now, and I'm also actively working with the team uh, as an advisor for them uh, at this point, and we've made some significant advancements in, uh, I think the, uh, the way the product is, uh, designed, but also how, uh, how you can integrate it into your, your daily operation. Mm. So at this point, the property, if you get, if you have multiple properties, you get a a message from the guest guest guru intercepts that message, forwards it to you in a text message, and then also sends you, Uh, a generated reply that it suggests that you would reply to this this guest with. And so each property has its own contact card, which the team has put together these great automatic contact cards that have your your property photos automatically in the contact photo. Um, And so each property has its own conversation, its own thread with a message from the guest, the date, and what they said, and then the reply from the artificial intelligence. And then it says, if you approve this message, press two or three keys to approve. And so instead of me having to type these messages out now, I would say 70 or 80% of my messages are now automated from AI. And I have it tailored to speak casually, because that's how I speak to guests intentionally. I don't want them to feel like I'm a company. I want them to feel like I'm a individual like they're renting from you know a homeowner. So Guest Guru does this perfectly in probably 80% of instances. Oh, and right. that number, the reason I, I bring that up is because that number, it used to, it was less than 50% when I first started. Uh, but they've made some significant improvements on the back end uh, to their language model that has significantly increased the quality of the responses that are proposed uh, by the uh, by the guru or the, the AI. So it's been exciting. I've had I had four properties on that uh, up until recently. Uh, like yesterday, I added the fifth, and I intentionally did that because I wanted to see if there was a difference how I felt emotionally about the four versus the one. And so. It got to the point now in the past several weeks where if I got a message from this one property that wasn't on GuestGuru, I was like, shit, that means I got to open up the app and go in and type it out. And so when it evoked that kind of response for me on a regular basis, I was like, oh, that means this thing has value. Like if I'm getting Uh to the point now where I'm like, if I feel inconvenienced and like, oh, I've got to type it because you'd be surprised, you'd be shocked at some of the the responses that uh, this thing comes up with. And actually, I'm going to read one real quick. It's the one I sent you a while back, uh, April 6th. From Stephanie, she says, "Uh, thank you for this information. Our flight jersey got delayed and doesn't take off until 4 Eastern time. So we'll be checking in later than expected. Sorry about that. Guest Guru responds, says, no worries, Stephanie. Just a reminder, there's a self-check-in with a smart lock. So you can arrive whenever you'd like. Simply follow the check-in instructions from the trip section in the Airbnb app when you get here, have a safe flight and enjoy your time in Nashville.
1: Oh.
0: And all I had to do was respond <laughs> yes. to the number 13 to approve that method. And <clears throat> otherwise, I mean, however many characters that is, how I many words, you know, oh, you got
1: to game changer.
0: And I've, I've got some that are are more complex than that. Sometimes they'll, they'll they'll mention two or three different things, and so the AI will acknowledge the things that it says, and then address it where appropriate. Uh, and then it always wraps it up in a bow and it's like you know, let me know, have a safe time. You know, it's super super professional. The, and so I'm able to. It doesn't.
1: Be... It doesn't sound like they would have any idea that it's AI at all. Oh, 100, they don't have no idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> yo this is crazy it, it's so funny like honestly i owe you not an apology but i need to put some respect on your work uh for this specific thing because you had told me about it i was like yo, oh, that's kind of cool man and you know while that was my response and i knew i think you just kind of putting it into perspective just kind of clicked on a whole nother level too i think part of the reason jason and i probably need to uh, i'll chat with you offline on how can get in on this action it's just we don't have as much volume anymore cuz we are doing long term but for the ones that are hybrids though we still would want to to have that there cuz i I would want it to get smarter as it, you know over time and so if anything would have been helpful to have it way back then cuz it would have been more and more but there is this one property we're managing that is is technically still a hybrid so um
0: yeah well oh, there's a uh, there's a a link uh, in my bio on Instagram that, uh, we'll give a discount as well. Um, so if, if you or anybody else wants to, uh, wants to check it out, that's certainly one, that's the reason I, the reason I bring up the the piece about, like, it used to not be so great, uh, when I first started, um, you know, two or three months ago, you know, I was approving less than 50% of the messages. Um, There is uh, an auto host feature where, you know, you you can have, you can be hands off, but uh, this is the SMS mode that I use. And that most people are using um, as the the responses improve. The the point of me bringing that up is that what this product is and what AI is today is the worst it's ever going to be. And love that. So the fact that we're at 80% today for me, 80% approval rate, and it used to be less than 50, like where it's going from here, uh, is, it's it's only on its way up. And uh, the team, Tom and uh, and, and Michael and um, and Paul, those guys, they're I mean, they're working hard on it, and it's it's iterating on a regular basis. So, anyways, that, that's what I'm most excited about, and it has nothing to do with me being affiliated with, I'm being affiliated because uh, because it's a a game-changing product, and it's something that the industry needs. And you know, at the end of the day, uh, at this point, it's it's really providing some value. For
1: sure. That's what's up, man. So so let's put it out there into the universe, because I'm a big universe guy. I know you might hate me for this, Jason, but I want to be able to say, hey, man, Jason said he was going to do this then. He said it's May, what is it, May 9th, twenty twenty we 2023 already jeez. <laughs> may 9th 2023 what do you want to put out there into the universe for you and uh so that experimentation can keep an eye on what you're doing what do you project what are you putting out there into the universe brother
0: yeah so i think you know for me um traditionally you know i haven't been you know a big uh social guy uh, in terms of you know online presence but, you know, started in December, started making some content around AI, actually, and, uh, and a few other things that, uh, you know, have garnered some attention, thankfully. Um, opened up a lot of interesting conversations, but also, you know, I've gotten into some consulting, uh, like you mentioned. And, you know, I think what I'm trying to do now uh, to go back to, you know, what my passion is and, you know, it's ultimately helping and serving other people. Um, you know, I'm going to open up my calendar a bit for consulting uh, to continue doing that. I've, I've been doing that over the past year and, uh, I just take clients, you know, uh, rather fairly selectively, um, just haven't wanted to do a lot of it, uh, in terms of, you know, occupying, uh, or obligating time, but moving forward, um, in looking at where, you know, I want my career to go in, in this space. Uh, I would I enjoy helping people. I've, I've consulted with two people today, and it's uh, it's enlightening and uh, rewarding to to see the light bulbs go off. And in one of the conversations today, I know, is uh, is going to result in uh, thirty or forty thousand dollar uh, difference in their uh, annual. Yeah,
1: I'm okay. I need, yeah. I need to get on your calendar again. I like those numbers. Jeez. No, yeah. I gotta so, say. <laughs> I gotta so, say. Uh, I was going to say I got to say I, I really enjoyed your sessions cuz you're uh you know you're a great teacher. I don't know if it's you just have it. I I've, I've been I got a lot of coaching, a lot of paid coaching uh, and I thought you uh you know the one session still stands apart uh when we went through the dynamic pricing um a session together so I really appreciate that. Uh I know you were kind of giving a uh, segue of you know how how people can get in touch with you before then who is actually a good uh uh, who who is and I shouldn't say good, but who sh- who can you help and who who can you not help? So I think that's helpful for for those of us to hear. Like, hey, I, I kind of like what Jason talked about today. A lot of different things, you A lot of great background. Clearly savvy, and he has a proof of concept, and he's he's doing it. Uh, but like, who's who's a good fit for you when you think of the folks who get on a call? Just to give a little bit of context,
0: I think that. Because I know the, the struggle to you know, get the confidence to, um, to move forward with a venture like this, like I, I really, despite my background and the things I have accomplished in my career, I've still struggled with you know, finding the, the comfort and really pursuing it. Um, so folks that are in that position, I can absolutely, I feel like I, I feel like it would be a helpful conversation to, uh, to talk to somebody that is lacking the motivate, not necessarily the motivation, but rather the confidence to do uh, what they feel like they need to do. And that could be with everybody or not, but um, from that person to the person who's about to buy their first property or they're looking for a property to buy and they're trying to qualify the property as the you know, whether or not it makes sense financially, you know, how to run the numbers on it. It really anybody from that point all the way up to someone that's launched, maybe they even have multiple properties. I've already done consulting with a number of people that have multiple properties, but they haven't mastered dynamic pricing yet. And they really aren't uh, squeezing all the juice you know out of the, uh, the orange. So um, that's something that you and I talked about. You have multiple properties, uh, several people uh, at this point that um, – you know, we've had some fruitful discussions uh, just about how to optimize the pricing side of it. Beyond that, it's uh, in portfolio strategy and uh, almost almost anything. But I think that if you get to a point where, say, from a pricing uh, dynamic pricing uh, discussion, or if you already know what percentile your pricing falls within, or if you already know how your property is performing last year versus uh, this year on ADR, revenue, revPAR, et cetera, and you can overlay that data and graph it out uh, and see it line over line. If you know how to do that stuff, you can answer some of these questions, qualifying questions, and, and I can run through that with somebody if they wanna reach out. But if you already know those answers then chances are you're probably already pretty well equipped um, but if you want another perspective from me then uh, by all means but if you don't know the answers of that and you also aren't confident in starting your uh, airbnb business anywhere in between that which is a, a a large continuum then by all means i would love to talk to anybody to help and uh, you can find me on instagram at J W J W R E E C E. j-w-r-e-e-c-e j-w-reese
1: and guys I, i'm saying this as uh you know jason's a buddy of mine so obviously i'm gonna plug him but i say that to say this i i do this all the time and and um i hire coaches or consultants and you guys know i, I spend a lot every year to do that to show me my blind spots and that's that's the thing right i think even though I know some of those things that Jason said and some of them I don't, I'm like, oh shoot, I gotta do that too. Sometimes it's that, shoot, you didn't do this or shoot, you sh- you didn't even consider this because you thought you knew what you knew. And so, um, you know, whether it's Jason or not, it's it's keeping that mindset of like, you're constantly learning, this space is constantly evolving. And so, you know, I, I encourage Experiment Nation and anyone here to continue to just hone your craft. and. Obviously I'm, I'm very happy today to be with my brother here who does this himself as well. You know, you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk. So I wanted to salute you brother for that. And thank you for offering tons of value today. And I would encourage everyone to check out what you're doing at JW Reese, uh, his Instagram handle. Um, check out his link too. If you wanna connect with uh, him and see what he's up to or even tap into some of his one-on-ones, but man, Jason, brother, you uh, over-delivered once again. It was really good to get into the weeds, into, uh, you know, some of the thought that I, some of the things I thought I knew, but then recovered a little bit more. So, man, I really wanted to appreciate you for stepping to the lab today, man.
0: Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, you, you've got a good thing going, and, you know, your reputation precedes you. So uh, I appreciate you having me on.
1: Hey, man, iron sharpens iron. And just like that, we are out experiment nation your host ruben Kanye here listen if you're looking for a who in your next steps as a short-term rental host or airbnb host or operator that is definitely make sure that you reach out to me directly by booking a call to see how you can get yourself to the next level if if you've never turned a house and repurposed it into a short-term rental or Airbnb. If you don't know what pricing tools to use, how to set up your listing so that's best optimized, how to set up a PMS software, let alone if you don't know what a PMS software is and why it's important to, again, having dynamic pricing, as a tool to stay ahead of your competition, to always be booked, and not only be able to pay your mortgage, but cash flow some, and always, always make sure that you're uh, giving your guests an experience that will have multiple other guests want to stay at your property. How to automate reviews? How to automate um, uh, check-out, check-in details to messages for the guests, and so that you are no longer working in the business, but you're working on the business, how to build a virtual cleaning team, all of the above, make sure that you go to experimentrealestate.com forward slash hospitable dash hosts where you can book a call to see if you're a good fit for the coaching program that I'm offering only to limited partners. If you're a part of Experiment Nation, if you're new to Experiment Nation, well, it's all about having the right Individuals help you guide, guide you through the next steps of where you're trying to go in your experiments. So if you're looking for guidance, if you're seeking out guidance, someone to help you, I am rolling out a new coaching program that is very hands-on, therefore there's a lot, there's only limited spots available where you will work with me directly and I will help you take your short-term mental to, or your long-term mental into a short-term rental if you've never been a host before or help you get to the next level. So make sure you go to experimentrealestate.com forward slash hospitable hosts so that you can take your experiments in the short-term rental space to the next level with a guide and someone who's been there before. Again, I look forward to seeing you on the call Make sure you book a discovery call. We'll see if we're a good fit for one another. And again, be sure if you're driving, if you're currently not available to take the URL down, it will be in the bio description. Looking forward to seeing you on the other side and continue to experiment wisely. Happy hosting.